Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How's it going? We have some heavy news this week. Breaking news. Breaking news. I have caved. I got vaccinated day before yesterday and I don't want to talk about it. All I know is I was talking to you and then you were talking to Sean Penn and then you got a vaccination. (laughs) That's all I fucking know. That's not quite how it went down. You see... I feel, I still don't agree with the vaccine and I am very angry that I have been forced to uh, take it or not be able to work at all um, as an actor. But yeah, once I started to realize where my industry is headed and that we are being backed into a corner, uh, supposedly free Americans, but actually not free at all, so I thought, well, if I have to choose between these, I may as well find out which one mm-hmm. I feel the best about taking. And yeah, I decided to go straight for the head of pro-vaxxers, which is Sean Penn. In Hollywood, yeah. And I reached out to him and just kind of got how he felt. Because this whole time I've been talking to people on both sides of the fence anti and pro and the information is of course different from person to person there's a lot of misinformation that people are very arrogant about having and checked in with some other people and made my decision and and now I can't uh, lift my arm and <laughs> so you're gonna tell us how you met Sean Penn or just gonna <laughs> Um, if you really want to know, I... Yeah, of course I want to know. Uh, I did a movie called Gangster Squad with good old Sean Penn, and I had a... He's sexy. He's scary in that movie. Have you seen it? No. Oh, it's scary. He plays this gangster in Los Angeles back in, like, the 30s. And I had a scene with him where he was in a bathrobe, and I was kneeling. Okay! (laughs) at his feet and I was doing his nails like I was a manicurist in his okay in his home and all these mob guys were in the room with us and he's just mm-hmm. talking to his mob people while I'm doing his nails and he's kind of talking to me and uh yeah anyway so I met him then and then a couple years later I was at the White House for the Kennedy Center honors with my dad and I'm standing at this presidential dinner in a ball gown, and he walks over and says, I remember you from Gangster Squad, and we stood awkwardly together in this state dinner and chit-chatted for a while. You're such a and then- <laughs> fucking bitch. You are so, it's actually ridiculous. Like, oh, I was just at the White House and I was there for the presidential award. <laughs> and then 
my friend Sean Penn entered the entered the chat. Yeah, well, you know that's. Uh... You're so starry. You and your family are so fucking starry. Like the only people my dad ever introduced me to were like one toothed women at the, like the <laughs> Gaslight Bar in fucking Stewart, Florida. Oh, that's way more fun though. Come on, you have such good memories. No, of that. I would rather be like I went to the. White House with my dad. Not like I went to the gaslight bar and saw some wretched leathery woman's tits. Oh, God. You met the president of the United States. The only yeah, I almost fainted. The only president I've ever met is the president of Sandals Resort Company Corporation. When did you go to Sandals Resort? Isn't that just for couples? Yeah, couples and also the families of people who play gigs there. <laughs> Your dad played their holiday party? He played, he played, no, not the holiday party. It was like, uh, it was like the Sandals yearly award show or something where they like get everyone out to one of their locations and give their them gala. a gala. Yeah, like awards for like most sales, most whatever, whatever. Um, so we went in for that and uh, it was amazing. I went to Turks and Caicos. I had a tropical time. It was at the height of my bulimia, and I don't know if you oh. know, but it's like a all-you-can-eat food situation at the Sandals. Okay. So they always had these white chocolate chip cookies, and I was just, just eat 10, throw up, eat 10, throw up, go to the beach, oh. get a tan, eat 10, throw up. So I just remember warm water, tropical times, throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> and I met the president... Um, at the convention thing, right? And my dad had to attend as part of his contract and we're sitting there and this woman gets called up to the stage and she's like, oh, she's just train wreck central. And she gets up on the stage and she pulls down her skirt and she's got a sandals tramp stamp. And me and my dad just look at each other like this bitch. Yeah, well, you think that's funny, Lucy? You think that's funny, do you? Yeah, well, he got shit-faced that night, and he fucked her, so... Oh, shit. Whoa. Yeah, he got so drunk that he fucked the woman with the sandals tramp stamp from the gala. So, is she your new stepmom? I fucking wish. I'd rather have her as my stepmom. <laughs> the troglodyte that is currently my stepmom. <laughs> Wow, well, that is uh, an unforgettable trip you had there. Turks and Caicos, baby! <laughs> Remind me not to buy you any uh, white chocolate chip cookies from now on. It might the problem you. is, is that I absolutely love them. I can't eat them, though. I cannot. No, I wouldn't think you could. How could you after that? Chocolate chip cookies are a trigger food. Peanut butter M&Ms are a trigger food. Uh, lentils are a trigger food. Popcorn are a trigger food. No wonder you just eat pasta all the time, Jesus. It, it's safe. I will have you know that the White House had unlimited food trays also, okay? So... Yeah, I'm sure it did. Fuck nah. off. Fuck off. Anyway. Nah, 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 nah. Anyway. Anyway, that's how I know Sean Penn. And so, yeah, so I, I figured since he's the front runner of pressuring people to get the vaccine, I should hear what he had to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he gives you a, a roll. I hope that was part of the agreement. You'd get vaccinated in return for a role in his TV show. Oh my god, I did not get vaccinated because of Sean Penn. I merely checked with him as, you know, one opinion. All right, well, congratulations on your vaccine. Happy for you. Love you so much. Yeah, fuck off. (laughs) Oh my god, I'm serious. 
You know, Annabelle, I just think it's a happy ending for me. I'm welcomed back into society with loving arms. I am no longer the dirty, murderous, selfish, whore, bad witch, <laughs> you know, that I've been made to feel that I am the last couple of weeks. And it's just a really happy ending. I feel really, really good about it. I have a surprise for you. What? If you recall, a few weeks ago in From the Desk of Lucy Walsh. From the Desk of Lucy Walsh. All right, the first hot story is a London actress named Abby Bella says that she hopes to normalize interspecies dating between humans and aliens. Okay? So... <laughs> You can't make me laugh. <laughs> My bronchitis. She claims that she fell for an alien after it swept her into her its UFO and right off of her feet. Okay, so she's been super bored by the pandemic. She says she's unimpressed by the offerings on Earth when it comes to men. And she joked online about wanting an alien to abduct her. Abduct me, daddy. <laughs> she's here with us today. What? I found her. I'm scared. And I invited I invited her on the show. Oh my god, Lucy, <laughs> you're fucking mental. I couldn't not talk to this woman. So she's going to join us. What do you think of that? Okay, so is she is she like in the waiting room or what's the vibe? Yeah, she's in the waiting room now. She is ready to tell us all the nitty-gritty details about her abduction and her love affair. Um, she really believes in interspecies dating. She believes it's a really important cause that she's a part of moving forward. And let's see what she has to say. Let's do this. All right, so as our guest on the show today, we have Abby Bella. Welcome to the show, Abby. Thank you for inviting me. It is such a pleasure to be on the show and to tell my my lady story. So, what's an American like you doing in London? Tell us. Um, it's it's a it's a double story. Um, I'm actually originally from Poland, so I'm Pol I'm Eastern European. Uh, but uh, I went to school in America, and I kind of traveled the world a little bit. I lived in Argentina, so. I, um, yeah, I spent some time at a university in Manchester uh, back in the day. Oh, really? So I know the UK, yeah. Yeah, in the north, north of England. My husband's from Manchester. Oh, area. Manchester pride. Like, the people in That's Manchester, right. they don't mess around. My dad was from Manchester. That's right. Oh, was he? Yeah, we've got a lot of oh, ties really to nice. Manchester. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my whole family, um, his side, all still <laughs> Um, but okay, so you went to uni in Manchester and then what'd you study? Psychology. Oh, okay. That wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, actually, that's not true. I was expecting that because of the things that you post on Instagram. That makes complete sense. Um, so, so then what happened? You went back to America. Mm, no, I went to Argentina. Oh, okay. 
just randomly. I went to Argentina. I lived there for uh, a few years, and it was amazing. I lived in Buenos Aires. I loved the city, the people. It was really cool. Uh, and then I came back to uh, the UK. Uh, I spent a year in Scotland, and then I came to London because I kind of went, went back to acting, basically, professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I did it right at the start of the pandemic. So that was, oh, wow. wow. That was great. Okay. Yeah. So, so but, I just so like, while you were traveling, were you, you weren't an actress at the time. What were you doing? No, I was doing like, I was doing acting, but it was like, it wasn't like professional acting basically okay. throughout the time. I mean, I've always done like funny things. I've been drawn to, uh, funny, funny people and funny, funny things, funny sketches. Uh, and acting, uh, but I was uh, mainly uh, teaching English. That was oh, like my gig, like everybody else. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sick. And that gave you the freedom to be able to kind of shuffle around and work and live in other places. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. When's your birthday? Um, my birthday, November seventeen. Does that make you a Scorpio? Yes. Nice. I'm a double Scorpio. Oh, I wouldn't mess around with a Scorpio woman, double Scorpio. <laughs> you know what I found out is that I am Cancer, but then like everything else is fucking Gemini. Oh man, oh. <laughs> that's know. good though. That's fine. It's like Gemini in like the good stuff, not in the like not in the annoying stuff. Gemini. Yeah, yeah. And I'm... well, I'm sure there's definitely some annoying <laughs> stuff in there, but. I'm Sagittarius, like, across the board, so... <laughs> through and through. Yeah. Um, okay, Abby, so now you're in London. Do you mind telling us where in London you live? Obviously, I'm from UK, and I moved to LA from Notting Hill, and right. I miss London very much, so anything that you can give me, just any little crumb. Give her some crumbs here. <laughs> I'm I'm in, like, the best part of London, which is East End. I'm in the East End. I'm in Canary nice. Wharf. So like the heart of the business, you know, the heart of darkness, business <laughs> banking sector, high buildings, apocalyptic landscapes. And sexy men. Sexy men in suits, all of that, you know, like um, domination stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not into those men though, right? Well, I mean, I used to be back in the day, but right. something enlightened me and opened my eyes. Right, because then something We'll happened. get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, okay, so you haven't lived in America for a very long time. Mm, yeah, yeah. Sure. You, but your accent is very strong. Yeah. It, well, it used to be stronger before my UK time. Yeah. Would you, Do you say- find yourself <laughs> saying some UK things? Are yeah. you like, I'll have tomato on that. Can I have some water? Or are you still <laughs> You know, like <laughs> that like I've been like for like for a while when I was here before, when I was uh when I was here like at university, I did like I did start saying like weird and like Manchester things too. Yeah. Which is like so such a specific like linguistic mm-hmm. even for the UK, like people call each other flower there. Yeah. Chuck. Like, oh, you're, you're, you're not flower. Um, <laughs> and it's like so merry. And like, and like these like guys, like bus drivers, they look like they might kill you in a second. And they're like, you're not flower. <laughs> it's so like, it's really nice. <laughs> but it's also like this like contrast. So yeah, yeah I ended up saying like weird things. And um, wow. Yeah. What's, what's your um, like family? situation where are your family in all of this traveling around 
Oh, my family in uh, in Poland. In, okay. Yeah, in Poland, mainly. Some of them, like, I don't know, like, I don't have that much extended family, but mm-hmm. they're mainly, like, Poland located. And do you have, par- like, are your mother and father still with us? Uh, yes. Okay, and they're in Poland? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what do they yeah. think about your glamorous lifestyle? <laughs> um, they, they don't comment. They have, like, their own lives. <laughs> they're, like, they're divorced. They have the worst merit. My parents were, like... It was like a comedy, like, you know, like people in the 90s. What was it like? It was like they hated each other for like decades and then they finally divorced. So they don't really talk to each other. Oh, but okay. It's like, it's like warring houses. It's it's like, um. Still? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a medieval. It's still like that? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's like Game of Thrones. My family is like Arrested Development and Game of Thrones together. Oh, so. Who would you say you're? Like I don't. Who would you say you're closer with? Were you kind of forced to choose in the in the breakup or? Um, no, not really. I'm not that close to either of my parents. It's more like my grandma, my aunts, and stuff like that. So like okay. my parents, are like they like super individualistic. They got their own thing going on. So, but they're happy, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it's really it's Nana and Auntie have been your main caregivers mm-hmm. nice. yeah but it's like you know I just I'm just one of those people that like I'm like super like you know transnational and like I do move around a lot so I find like I've acquired a lot of family through friends mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that and I yeah. totally encourage like anyone in that situation if maybe like your your family is a little bit toxic you can choose to have like people in your life who are not like blood bonded to you yeah, yeah that's really true it's all about that it's all about that. Yeah. Um, so you, your friends, your family is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Nice. And do yeah. you have do you have a lot of friends in London? Like, did you move back there at the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, I did. I Fuck. did. I, I mean, it's a coincidence. I didn't. I have no like. I have yeah, no involvement in it. But maybe a little bit. No, I didn't. But <laughs> like, I moved here in February 2020. Okay. God, right before. And like a month later. So I just like, I had like, I ran around a little bit for a month, like going places and meeting people. And that was, and then that was it. That was it. So. Wow. Damn. So have you been feeling lonely or have you been all right? Um, in the lockdown, like it was obviously hard and weird for everyone, but it's been kind of okay. I've, I've met like some people now. I, I know more people now, um, more like actors and stuff. So it's, it's been okay, but it's just. It was a weird time. Mm. It was a weird time to be in uh, in London too, because it was so like empty and eerie. Yeah, and yeah. it's always so bustling. So it was like it was just so unsettling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now UK's wow. opened up a little bit, so you're mm-hmm. able to get back out there. Um, do you feel? Let me ask you this question. Do you feel that now you're going to be able to get back out there, that this is going to change the trajectory of your dating situation? Yes. Yes and no, I guess, because okay. it depends which, which, um, which dating situation. <laughs> <laughs> there's multiple. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So I guess there's more questions than we, than we thought. <laughs> So as we know, this is getting you... complicated, but she's a Scorpio. So of course it's complicated. Fascinating. As yeah, we all this... know, you have found yourself to be in a uh, relationship with what you described to be an alien. Yes. And 
I guess we just want to know if it's if you feel like it's going to last. Why are you in it? Is it worth it? He's so far away. Yeah. Or is or did he move down here yet? No, he can't come know. here. Well, maybe she snuck him no. in or something. I don't know. Not yet, not yet, because like obviously we don't want him to get experimented on by the FBI and stuff of and CIA. So uh, obviously he's avoiding Area Fifty One and those uh, those regions, but that's why he comes to London because right. it's a bit more liberal here. But uh, yeah, basically, so my my contention with the dating an alien from space is I've been saying this for a long time: men are trash, and when you're dating. Um, not all men, not all men, hashtag not all men, but basically men are trash. If you're dating on Tinder, Bumble, et cetera, whatever, um, you like sometimes that first date is so bad. It would be better to get abducted by aliens and, um, basically examined by them. And, you know, with all the digital manipulation and stuff like that, it would be better to experience that than experiencing a date with a man. The first date with a man. Wow. Okay. Okay. Do you know what? I would prefer to be abducted by aliens than meet some of these guys that I've met. How how much dating on the apps would you say you've done? Are you an expert? I'm 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 quite proficient at it. I've developed yeah quite a high proficiency over the years. Wow! And do you do many of those dates go past the first date, or do are they just all nightmares? No, like some of them do. Yeah, for sure. But like, I think it's just the dating world in general for like single people. And um, it's just like this like idea that even if it goes past like uh, the first date, there's a lot of guys out there who are not really single, mm. like mm. especially Tinder is like full. And it's not just those people who don't like put their face on their profiles or something or like admit to not being single, but like people will like have like, a full yeah. relationship with you for like a year, six months. And then you find, oh, you're not really divorced or like you're divorced, but like the wife doesn't know. Wow. Or you. I was separated then when I met you, but then, like, I got back with my wife and forgot to tell you. Forgot to mention it. Yeah. So did that happen to you? Uh, A little bit. A a little bit to some extent. Yeah, it's happened over the years. But, like, I'm obviously, as a Scorpio, I can, like, I smell the lie I come in, so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. So you, uh, this all started in lockdown. You've just moved to London you're out and about for a month, the city goes into lockdown, the world goes into a pandemic, you're going spare, you're bored of the (coughs) pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then one night you're asleep and you have a dream and a voice comes to you and says, what does the voice say? Well, there it wasn't so much a voice because like uh, my alien boyfriend uh, communicates telepathically with me, so it was okay. like it was just like thoughts. Like it's kind of like a voice, but it's like in your head. Like it's like okay. um, you, know, you see the the thing. Yeah. So like basically they came because they saw like I was constantly joking on Instagram saying like I'd rather be abducted by aliens than date another man, and like they heard it and they were like, let's go. So he came here with his spaceship and his small crew, and I was like. Yeah, it was like one night I was kind of like making uh, fun of like aliens and men and stuff like that. And like they just like telepathically communicated with me, said like you can come on the spaceship and you don't have to be afraid. And like they beamed this like this green beam um, 
to my window and they took me into the spaceship just like that gosh be careful and what you ask for huh yeah mm-hmm. definitely manifestation is real <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen uh, yeah, so is. when you got up there my first question is were you anally probed because that's that's what i just think about when people get abducted that they're going to be probed up the bum that's i understand that um no no i know it's becoming like more popular like more like the mainstream for like uh, human practices and like yeah. human first dates that's yeah. definitely <laughs> is something a lot of guys like try and like um nevertheless oh. it's not like this is just pro- it's cia propaganda they don't okay. this is not a thing they do no one's like out there with these probes it's they're not into that basically nobody's like you know nobody was like just the tip or something like that right. no right. okay 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 just spit on it and just see it was none of that just so <laughs> you you get up there and yeah. what there's five of them uh yeah six like my six. boyfriend and yeah six so they're like five five of the crew and him and him okay and you describe them as tall and slender human-esque um and they you can't see them clearly because you're not ready for that yet is that the case yeah they're like the forms they take on like you know the stuff you see in roswell and stuff like that it's just mm-hmm. um th- like this is not their true form their true form is like but they just like show themselves wow. as that to us they're making it because, easier like, for us be, yeah we won't be able to like process it what were you wearing beautiful. <gasps> lucy in mm-hmm. with the hot questions what, what were the you... fuck were you wearing bitch what were you wearing when this happened a nighty. Nice. Good. Well, you were prepared. Was it was it, was it was sexy prepared. or was it like a Winnie the Pooh nighty? Yeah. <laughs> was it a onesie? No, it was it was actually sexy. It was like a lace nighty. Oh, good. Yeah. You always and, have and to go to say, bed prepared. <gasps> you have no you say, idea. Um, I need to put some clothes on, or were you just like, yeah, take me in my nighty? No, I didn't even think about it. It was like so shocking. Like I was just like I felt such like peace and love that I couldn't. I didn't even think about it. But I'm sure you like just, they, you just they had a with love. It. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think they probably knew what you're wearing at the time, and they thought this is a good night. She's not going to be embarrassed. She's yeah. got a sexy nighty yeah. on. I think they seem like dignified, uh, a dignified race. I don't think that they would embarrass you. Yeah, they're very dignified. They're like they were all gentlemen. Yeah. And you uh, you said here, well, this is what you're quoted as saying, allegedly, you said that it felt like being in love times a hundred. Yes, everything like felt, is like amplified. That's why we can't see them because if we saw them, it's like so amplified, it would like kill us. Our head because, would like, explode. So like, yeah. And yeah, is exactly. that the feeling that you got in general or was that a connection that you had with one specific alien? And um, is alien the correct term? Yeah, like, um, I had that feeling in general, but, like, with that one particular one, it was, like, like definitely, like, a personal connection, whereas the other one was more, like, we come in peace kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they don't mind being called aliens. They don't have, like, they don't really see things as, like, having difference where, like, they don't see us as other in the same way. They don't have the same, like, ways of thinking okay. about uh, foreign things or distance and stuff like that. So they know so, us. They've been coming here for a long time. Are they, would you say that they were uh, non-binary, gender non-conformist? Yes, pretty much. So like whatever form they take on is like the form that like we can understand and appreciate. So if I 
we're not like a heterosis woman it would like we're like into like um men it would have been like a different form mm-hmm. okay so yeah okay it's is so it, they can morph into whatever you want, basically. Whatever they want yeah. to be for you. For you. Is it yeah, true much, you were yeah. only there for twenty minutes? Is that true? Yeah. Well it was Earth minutes. So oh, like whatever I see. like the passage of time was in the uh kind of dimension we were in, I don't know. But it was like, yeah. It felt like a, a very long time, but when I came back, it's, it was only 20 minutes wow. here. So what's the best like, way oh, you can describe what happened in that time you were there? Did you have sex? Did you take it that far? Or was it just getting to know each other? No, we, we couldn't do it because obviously there were other people there. And right. It was a small ship. Oh, okay. It was like a little bit on the... Uh, and on the down low with that like whole uh ship visitation because they don't like they don't abduct people for no reason and they were not supposed to be here Mm. so it was kind of like one of the regular things was it as small you'd say as your london flat uh yeah a little bit bigger than that but not much wow okay 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 so it wasn't like you went into like a miniature it was like the size of a flat Mm mm-hmm okay all right, so you're up there, and as Lucy said, what 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 does it feel like? What does it smell like? What does it? What's the vibe? It didn't have any smell. There were there were no smells, but it, like it was very like uh, I could see like there was like light emanating from everything, especially like from them, even though they had the like those gray green forms, mm. and they were like very tall, but like the, there was like constant like light coming out and uh all the communication was telepathic and he was basically introducing himself to me telling me why he was here and yeah like basically asking me out like do you want to did he say he'd like known about you for a while how did he find you yeah yeah he did he said like because like it's all telepathic communication so they knew about my instagram and oh, they were like, really so, like, they were, like curious yeah they were like wow like she's posting all this stuff on instagram that's really interesting um because like for them it's like just like for us it's taboo to date like an alien sure yeah yeah interspecies dating is is taboo uh so have you gotten a lot of shit for being an interspecies relationship i thought i would get a lot of um i thought (laughs) this is like the best part of this whole thing i thought i would get a lot of uh, hate for just being kind of insane mm. but the, the main reaction seems to be guy like men again like n- not all men I love men some of my best friends are men um, but I got like a lot of guys on Instagram like different places sending me dms saying like you don't need that alien I'll show you like I'll show you good like wow. whatever like I can like you should date me like Earthmen are not crap like I'll like trust me I'll prove it to you and they totally gloss over the whole like alien abduction part like it didn't like that's not the like point so like classic Earthman. yeah like yet again like Earthmen they're just making it about <laughs> themselves exactly they're like no it's like I get so few like questions about like what happened like you know did it really happen none of that like it was just like yeah you should try me nothing gets a man nothing gets a man more excited <laughs> than when you tell him you don't want him yeah, yeah they love so that. forget it's not I don't it's not that just I don't want you it's that I don't want any human man so that's going to be very triggering for them exactly um, did you kiss did you kiss while you were together 
Yes, but it's all telepathic because if it were physical, it would kill me. It's too powerful. Wow. And the, uh, can I say some words, some sexual words? Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and the, the orgasm is like times like a million. It's like I can't even like we can't go there like fully because it would be like my body isn't able to take it. Okay, and is it like, can you be turned? You know how with vampires you can... I don't know if you've seen Twilight, mm-hmm. but there was an option of like, she can stay human or she'll be, be killed or she can be turned into a vampire. Is becoming an alien an option for you or not? Um, maybe, maybe there could be some like um, adjustments, like genetically or something like that. Uh, we haven't really talked mm-hmm. about it because um, we accept each other for who we are. Like he loves me as an earth person and I love him as an alien from space. And does he have yeah. a name? Yes, but um, I don't. I don't. You can't say give it. it out because it's just like he get into so much trouble. He wants to remain anonymous. Yeah, because it's just like legal problems. They'll start like you know who knows who's gonna like see his UFO. You got all these like space millionaires right. there with their dick measuring contests. So. Right. And other women would want to date him. So you kind of have to keep him like, yeah. well, that, in that, the shadows. No, no, no. That's not an issue. Like he's got so many friends. Like at first we were super shocked that we were dating. But now it's like become a bit of a fad on his planet. So a lot of people oh, would be okay. interested. There should be an app so for what this. What is his planet? Yeah. There- <laughs> it's a. What is his plan? It's, um, uh, again, like, I can't say the name because, like, if I say the name, maybe, like, it will be. But it's one of the planets in uh, the uh, Andromeda galaxy. Wow. Damn. And would you go and live, would you go and live there if he was, like, baby, come to my planet? Would it, could you go, would you go? Yeah, I mean, I could. It's like it's harder because it would be harder for me to adjust yeah, than it's for them to? because they have like the, they've developed technology to come and visit us. Um, but mm-hmm. I could, and maybe like in the future, if we have children, I would probably have to go there because uh, it would not be safe for the kids to be here. So, so you're very like dedicated to this man. You're thinking about having children with him. Yeah, like could you? Uh, yeah, because it's been we've been dating for a while, but it like it feels like longer. He's um, he's just very you know he's like so sensitive and so, and so like good uh, because aliens can't lie and aliens can't you know there's certain things that they can't do that people, humans can do. They can't deceive you or cheat you because they don't. They don't know how. He and his friends saw you on Instagram. I'm assuming that they don't themselves have Instagram accounts. That it's no, no, but they they like they like process information telepathically that comes out okay. there. So like it was probably just like because I kept thinking about aliens and alien dating, and they were like, mm. mm-hmm. like okay, there like, she Abby, is. Yeah. Abby is interested in the alien D. Um, so on your Instagram, speaking of which, you have your daily diaries yeah. and you have little skits and other things that you do. Um, and then I've noticed on there that you have an inflatable alien, um, which I'm assuming is just like a placeholder. Yeah. Is that symbolic or is that really him? It's like an avatar, kind of inflatable avatar. Okay. Yeah, like it is him and it isn't him because obviously I keep going. Okay. So it's like the stand in for him. It's his spirit, yeah. his spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you sleep with that? Um, no, I, I sleep with him. 
Damn, okay. Wow. And when you're asleep, are you in London or are you in space or like where are you? It depends. If he's like, uh, because obviously it's a long distance relationship, um, but he, Mm -hmm. when he's like on this planet or traveling, uh, then it's like he's telepathically with me. Um, But if he's here, here, then we're here in London. Wow. And... He's a little big for my bed, though, but, like, I, you know. I yeah, because he's super tall, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know when you're going to actually physically be with him again and when he's going to visit next? Does he tell you or does he just show up? No, no, he tells me. Like, he schedules. He's very respectful. He do, he gives me, like, notice. Um, I hope this weekend because we have plans, but I can't say what they are, like, in case someone catches us. But we're going to, like, go. Right, right. We're going to go sightseeing probably. Yeah. And does he have to morph into a different shape in order to go and do plans with you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's that No, no. Like, it's just, like, that one, like, great alien shape because they can't, um, they can't, like, do deception. So they they can't, like, look human. That would be deception. Oh, so. oh right. They can't like, do deception. Yeah. Shift. They can't lie. Fuck. That sounds actually really good. I'm not going to lie. It does. As a potential boyfriend, a man that doesn't lie keeps a schedule, is respectful, is really tall. Tall, dark, um, and handsome. Eyes. Yeah. yeah. Um, makes me feel in love times 100. Gives you great orgasms. <laughs> Isn't trying to stick anything in my arsenal. No. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like a win-win. Win-win-win-win-win. Yeah. Let me ask you, why do you think this is so important um, to speak about? Are you Are you kind of taking this on to speak about to your fellow women here on earth do you think this is an important conversation to have or are you trying to keep it to yourself and it just it leaked to the news or is this an important cause to you i think it's a little bit of both like i obviously want to keep my private life private but i think it is an important cause because interspecies dating is the future and i know that there are a lot of girls out there who have to settle for less because of earthmen like you know anal probing for example and I think there's just more out there for us. And I think more women should date aliens um, in a woman-alien alliance because that would probably make the men step up their game a little bit as well. Mm. Well, you said that it is. You've said already. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, like, it's I'll... really triggering. <laughs> um, and then, okay, so with no disrespect to your alien boyfriend... As I asked you earlier, now that you're coming out of lockdown, you're obviously going to be meeting other men and you're going to be in a lot of social situations and you're a very pretty woman and you're very clearly very intelligent. So I think that probably men are going to be interested in you. Mm-hmm. What what next? Like is it can can a man turn your head? It like how is this going to work? Yeah, I think like at this point like I'm beyond that stage of like I like no one can have I mean those long fingers that's all I'm gonna say like yeah like I mean what like what else like it would have to be someone like they I I don't know what it would take but it would like it's a hard act to follow you can't imagine have the you man been, that could yeah. follow that up no, have you been watching Love Island? Uh, no, no, I don't. I'm I'm not a love like I'm not initiated into Love Island, so I don't know what's been going on. Oh, good, uh, she's okay, over on my a... side of the fence with me. <laughs> there's a man on Love Island called Liam who's very tall, 
big hands. That's what first comes to mind when I think of somebody that could potentially follow an act. Yeah, but he's probably he might be a liar though. Yeah. Or or you you might be. You also said that Earthmen have double standards. Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I heard you said that in the news. Um, Are you still on the dating apps Um, since meeting your man? Just like to kind of just like stay. Yeah, just to stay in the game. And it's also like a way to like show other women, you know, how like, you know, how to date and how to put a man in this place. So that. um, It's also it's also nice um, to just get taken out sometimes for a drink. Yeah frivolous drinks sure sure but always like my my boyfriend always comes with me though so oh he does whoa yeah so he's like there with you telepathically yeah sometimes telepathically sometimes physically yeah Yeah. i mean you know people in london who knows like you see an alien they assume it's just like an actor or something like they don't care right yeah Wow, that's fucking hell! So you've been out with somebody, and and your boyfriend is there. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they know. Like I just say, like upfront, like you know, just to let you know, I'm just like I'm dating an alien, and I'm just here like for educational purposes. And then they're like, oh yeah, well, teach me how to be um, better at picking up women because I can't, you know, I'm I struggle to get a date. So I teach them. He teaches them how to be. Wow, maybe decent. you. Maybe you should start a business where you teach men how to act right. Yeah, like an alien. On dates. Do you think Do you think it's a slippery slope between interspecies dating between humans and aliens to then people being like, oh, I want to fuck a chimpanzee or I want to fuck a bear or I want to fuck a shark? Mm-hmm. Well, no, because uh, they have consciousness and they're able to consent, so... I think that like is always key for them too. I think because um, like to them we're a little lower down, so it's like super controversial that we're dating because they don't have the highest opinion of us because we're mm. constantly yeah. trying to kill ourselves and each other. So it's like not like the, the best thing to be like to like take home to your mom and stuff. So, <laughs> so he really has to protect his relationship yeah. with you. He's probably getting a lot of judgment on his side of things. Yeah. Do you, do you think that your history and your education in psychology has helped you handle this situation better? Uh, yeah, for sure. It's helped me to um, understand um, the limitations of human nature, particularly in dating. And also, yeah, like how to keep mm-hmm. calm in a crisis and how to tell my story and how not, how not to be afraid to tell the truth about interspecies dating. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Wow, Abby. Um, that's really mind-blowing. Uh, it's a lot I to think think about. It's a lot to think about. And I would love to end this um, and just asking you sort of what's next for you. Are you auditioning? You know, men aside, because you're more than who your boyfriend is. Um, are you auditioning? Do you have an agent? Have you got anything on the books? Like, what's next for uh, what's nice for me? Yeah, I do have an agent here in London. Uh, I'm not sure like what's mm-hmm. going to be happening this year because uh, things are picking up a little bit. Um, I have uh, a f- I'm doing a feature. Uh, it's called Full Bodied. Um, it's uh, pretty cool. It's produced and written by Steve Exeter. He's a pretty cool guy. So we're doing that this year, and it's, it's a screwball comedy. Uh, and yeah, I hope to do my own web series thingy coming up. So, Ooh, as well. and what's what's going to be the vibe with the web series? 
the web series is uh, kind of like Seinfeld, but about me and my Amazing. alien friend. Nice. Shit. So, so any uh, any thoughts on who's gonna play your boyfriend? Um, I'm not sure if like we're gonna see him. I think he's just gonna be off camera. I think it's just gonna be like implied that he's there because okay. I think. I, Why don't you have your green symbol of your boyfriend be? He, the guy? Yeah, that could be. That could be in it too, for sure. For sure. But surely we need to like he's gonna have a voice. So like, who's gonna be the voice? Um, we'll see. Yeah, like we'll Idris see. Elba or something. <laughs> Idris. <laughs> you know, I think I don't think that Liam has long left on love island so maybe you could reach out to liam yeah maybe maybe although like i think like yeah i mean i'll take like any any great voiced actor for that uh for that part or liam yeah it's it's gonna be a fun auditioning process or maybe maybe (sighs) prince charles like that would be like really controversial if he played an alien Wow, you know, I don't think he's allowed to work. Like no, I think we should run it by him, though. He might, you never know. <laughs> After the pandemic, he might, like, want to try new things. Just make sense. Now that Harry, now that Harry's dated, a co- is married to a commoner, an actress, <laughs> maybe Charles would consider such a thing. Yes. Yeah, Harry's wow. doing his own thing, um, you know, like, this is, like... I'm London based. This is London Pride, East End Pride. You know, it's it's about communing with the people. So I think he'd be a great alien. I think like that's his casting type. So this is a new frontier, isn't it, Abby? Mm-hmm. We're in, wow. a, in a strange new world. Yeah. We are dying to stay updated. Please let us know as the engagement comes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Well, we'll be we're following you. So. We're going to fucking know when that engagement yeah. comes. Yeah, and where can everybody find you on Instagram? Uh, it's Abby Bella. That's my Instagram. It's A-B-B-I-E Bella uh, with one L. Abby Bella. Mm-hmm. That's me, uh, the alien person. And, yeah, like, there's going to be, if, like, I'm waiting for the ring, you know, because, like, the ring better not be telepathic. Yeah, it better be that. Better be a real diamond. That better be a real diamond. He needs to re- understand that. That's as an Earth woman, you. Need I'm just that. putting that out there because, like, I know he washes these. So. Okay, I'm putting it out there for me you too, as well. Me too. Me too. That Thank ring you. better not be telepathic. Thank you. It- listen, listen, buddy. <laughs> All right, Abby, thank you so much. This has been really fun and really interesting and we genuinely uh, wish you the best with everything and can't wait to see your web series because it sounds like it's going to be fucking hilarious. <laughs> Super, thank, thank you, Abby. Thank you so much. It was great meeting you guys. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, boy. Well, baby. So you're welcome. That was my surprise for you this week. Oh, God, that was great. That was well played, yeah. Lucy Walsh. Thank you, thank you. I was really proud of that one. I was really, really proud. Good catch, good yeah. catch, good catch. Um, so no desk of this week because we gave you. We gave you more than than news. We gave you more than the news. We gave you space news. That's right. I can't wait for the wedding. I can't wait for the wedding. I can't believe I offered to sing. <laughs> You're an idiot. Never, ever agree to do anything for anyone's weddings. It's just like... But this, no, isn't, this isn't a regular no. wedding. Sure isn't. How could you not sing at this what wedding? What song are you going to sing? Like, um, I'm going to sing... 
your love is out of this world. I think I need to write. I think I need to write an original. <gasps> oh my god! I think we should write a duet. Yes. Yeah, no, I want you to write it. I'm gonna get you to sing at this wedding if it's the last thing I do. I'll sing when I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's a song called Space Cowboy by Casey Musgraves, but that's not a happy song. Never mind. I will find it. love that song. That's one of my favorite songs on that record. I know. It's a good Can't one. believe, cannot believe they got divorced. That broke my, sp- my I don't know who spirit. she's married to. She married this guy that she wrote like butterflies about and like all of the sappy lovely songs on yeah. the on the record. And then I was like, wow, this is like the best love story ever. And then they fucking broke up. They got yeah. divorced last year. Typical. Tragic. Divorce happens, you guys. You know what? It's been a minute, but I think it's time to do a little grief check. I was going to say, it's been a while. <clears throat> How's I've it going with the grief? Really griefy. Really, the last two weeks have been like the heavy coat is back on. It's feeling heavy. Yeah. What was there anything it's... that happened, or it just came out of nowhere? I mean, it's not coming out of nowhere. Obviously, even when I'm getting on with things and laughing and smiling and frolicking on the beach, I've still got an insurmountable pain. Yeah. Uh, in my chest but it's it's just morphed into this new place and I think I was feeling pretty griefy and then this thing happened a few weeks ago when I was at a baby shower where this man really sweet man uh came up to me we were looking at his hunting like kit things the heads on the wall what is that called taxidermy Uh, is that the word <clears throat> and he had like a beautiful collection of things and he was like really happily telling my sister and our friend about it and he was so excited because like women don't usually care to ask about this stuff and and we were like oh no this is lovely like we this is great to know and hear your stories and um and then he looked at me and he said does your husband hunt mm. and i just shouted (laughs) I shouted I don't have a husband (laughs) I just panicked and I didn't mean to shout I didn't mean to react like that I didn't know what else to do or say because I just felt so um in those moments you feel like a rugby player has like run up to you and like body check to you and you get winded and like everything goes dizzy and you have to like physically like stabilize yourself because it's such a jarring moment when you're sort of plodding along and everything feels fine and then one of those things comes out of left field and you're just completely taken down by it yeah um and my friend changed the subject and whatever and I obviously tears just came rushing to the surface I got that lump feeling in my throat my chest felt tired like everything and I felt dizzy and I walked myself to the table and I sat down and I started like trying to stuff food in my mouth and I was like drinking my drink and I was like shaky and I was just trying to keep the tears in because I'm at my friend's baby shower Mm. 
What was the guy's reaction when you when you yelled that? He was slightly taken aback, but he was really fine about it and everything just like my friends just smoothed it over and my sister smoothed it over. Um but yeah, I sat down and then I couldn't like look up and I felt really choked up and I was just trying to get through this moment of feeling like I just wanted to fall apart. Mm. All I wanted to do was just go and cry in the toilet. And once that feeling subsided, I looked at my sister and I just went, why did I shout? And she just burst out laughing and we all burst out laughing, which was great that I was able to like gather myself and start laughing. And she was like, why didn't you just say no? Or, um, or just anything? Like, why did you shout? I don't have a husband. And I said, because I didn't want the questions to keep going. Right. Yeah. You panicked. I didn't want it to be like, no, he doesn't hunt. Okay. But what does he like to do for fun? You know, I just wanted the husband chat to end. Mm. And because I don't want to have to just do that and explain it. And we're at the baby shower and I just, "Ah, no, get off me. You know, just like, not him, just the situation. And unfortunately, that occurrence, even though I was able to laugh about it afterwards, rocked me massively. When I was, I had already the night before had like a very big kind of exorcism in the middle of the night. And... So to then have that the next day, I'm just at this point, and it's just kind of, it just kicked everything up for me. And it really made me think about this new phase of grief and new phase of life I'm in, where it's, where at the beginning, it's this heavy, violent, spiky, brittle thing, and it's just at the surface all the time. And it is expected of you to be in pieces. So here we are eight months later, and there is a new social expectation of like, well, isn't she over it yet? Isn't she acting normal yet? You know, it's not just as normal for me to break down in tears at a baby thing or cry at the restaurant or need to take a time out or whatever. Even though I know that people would be fine with that, there is just a different expectation of you at this mm-hmm. point. And so that really got me thinking. Um a lot let me just pull this up because I had to write it down because I um wanted to share all of this okay okay so you know how I from the beginning of all of this have been very kind of I've been really searching for kind of like practical ways to cope yeah and I've been quite regimented and scheduled and this is when I eat the shake and this is when I drink and um you know I the walks and the therapy and all of those things any kind of practical information to make sense of the situation and also to just help me get through the day I've been Mm -hmm. very drawn to all of that and when I spoke to my therapist about it he kind of very gently said to me this new phase of grief you're in is a real test, isn't it? Of, of how much you love yourself and, and how much you're willing to make your grieving process the priority because it's very easy for it to be the priority early on and it's very easy to become unconscious in it now, eight months in, a year in, two years in, three years yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And 
this is when I could easily slip into pushing it away and not dealing not dealing with the feelings as they come through and I find I have found myself to be doing that the the emotions will rise up and I push it down the emotions will rise up and I push it down and like it always does my body has let me know that this isn't going to work and this isn't going to sustain me because as we've said a hundred thousand times grief is waiting for you at the end so whether I cry in the moment or I go home and cry in private but what it got me thinking when he said that to me was about making the grief a priority I thought okay if I had my period I would have a tampon in my car and in my purse yeah if I know I'm somebody who suffers from low blood sugar I'll carry a food bar around with me or some nuts okay well I am somebody that is grieving Mm -hmm. so in that situation what went through my head was I don't want my makeup to run I'm at somebody's party I'm gonna look like I've cried and that's what goes through my head when I'm in any social situation am I willing to make this the priority and my health and my mental well-being the priority yes or no yes okay so what I need to do is I need to start carrying around a little pack with baby wipes, makeup, some rose spray. And so if in that moment I needed to go and excuse myself and sit in my fucking car and cry and have a mental breakdown, I could fix my shit afterwards. Not stuff it down, stuff it down, stuff it down. Yeah. And then cry in the middle of the night three days later or a week later. And along with us talking about like dealing with death differently and all of that stuff, how we're kind of so fucked up around it and don't make space for it and don't talk about it, that to me was another kind of signifier here all of this time on of like, okay, here's a new thing I need to learn how to do. It's no longer the early days where it's socially acceptable for me to fall apart. Mm-hmm. I need to create the space for myself where it's, where, it, where it's acceptable for me to fall apart, whether that's in the toilet or in the car or outside. And I need to be prepared for that because it's so important to me that it comes out and I, that I deal with things. Like That was a very hard moment for me and I had to just swallow it and push it down. If I had been prepared and I'd had a little makeup kit with baby wipes and some spray, face spray in the car, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had to do that. Yeah. I could have made myself important enough to take care of in that moment. this is something I'm happy I'm hearing because how I deal with grief is I'll go through it really hard and then I will just cut it off like an Mm -hmm. iron iron wall comes down Mm -hmm. and I go and we're done yeah and whether it's feeling ashamed that it's going on so long or whether your your body just can't take it anymore. Yep. You put up that barrier and you distance yourself from it, but like you just said, it's waiting for you either way. And then mm-hmm. what starts to happen is I start to become dysfunctional because then it yep. will well up in public and I won't be able to go about my day and I'll start to get sick all the time. And it's because that doesn't work you do need to create the space to allow it to run its course. And the tools to help yourself do that are necessary and essential. Mm -hmm. And it's really not, 
a bit a big thing to ask of yourself to carry a little as you were to the gym a little thing of mini makeup things a little Evian spray bottle whatever the heck you like rose water for me because it calms me down yeah whatever calms you down baby wipes to get the makeup off and just make the space for yourself to have that moment and it's not just if you're grieving it's I think it's just if you're going through a hard time in general and you know you're feeling wobbly even if it's just your period and you get wobbly on your period yeah you know give yourself the space to take care of yourself and make yourself the priority in those little moments I'm not saying it's like you'd be, oh, I believe I've got to go you know I'm not saying like it's that it's the you show and you it's just you quietly excuse yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> take your fucking five or ten minutes nobody's gonna miss you for five or ten minutes deal handle your stuff get yourself together and calm yourself down and take yourself and enjoy the rest of your day instead yeah. what I did is I felt wobbly for the rest of the day and then I felt wobbly that night and I think it was maybe like four or five days later that I had the kickback reaction to that mm. event Yeah. I think that's what a lady's purse should be used for. I think that's the I think that's the concept of a lady's purse and I try to use it being aware of myself and what I need. So for me, a staple in my purse is always my journal. I take it mm. with me everywhere because I never know if I'm going to get overwhelmed in public and I'm going to need to sit down for a second and just write something in there. That yeah. hel- that helps me stay calm. You know, I have Carmax. I use Carmax lip balm because that is yeah. something I used as a child and it makes me really comforted. It's comforting to me, the smell. Yeah. I, I have different things that I like. Yeah, totally. And you you carry a big purse. I carry, you know... Yeah, what do you anyone, think of with your purse? Anyone who knows me knows I have got a passion for a mini purse. Really? So, yeah, I'm a mini purse girl. I love mini purses. I'm obsessed with them. It's got my phone, my asthma inhalers, my wallet, my lip balm, my car key, and sunglasses. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all. Every purse I carry just needs to be able to fit those things in it, so they're all like this big. Yeah. Um. So that's another thing that went through my mind. It's like, well, you know, making excuses of why I couldn't possibly take care of myself properly. It's like. Well, none of that stuff will fit in my purse. Okay, bitch, well, get a tote bag and put yeah. it in your car or carry a bigger purse. Time to carry a bigger purse. Yeah. So I'm just readjusting because I've got this cat behind me. Yeah, tell us about your cat. You have a little visitor who's chosen you. Oh, you guys, another cat has come <laughs> through my fucking front door. It's a matching uh, black cat to match my cat, Gilbert. And this one's a girl. She's asleep right now, but I'll, we, I'll put pictures of her on the Instagram. This fucking cat has been hanging around the neighborhood. She doesn't belong to anyone. She's emaciated. She's got lots of hair missing, and she's become obsessed with me, and she's behind me right now asleep, and she just follows me everywhere. And you've named her Kit. I just call her Kit. <laughs> Kitty Kit. Well, I think she's chosen you. I think she has, too. It's all part of this making space to um, allow yourself what you need. Yeah, I think um, I think that that's been a big lesson for me in the last couple of weeks is making space for what you need, being realistic about what you need, being a bit better at planning ahead, um, 
I've had to be so rigid for so long and now I'm starting to test those boundaries by having a glass of wine at night, having some pie and ice cream. By the way, terrible, didn't sleep a wink. So, but I really enjoyed it. But, you know, it's just, I'm just like testing those boundaries of the things that, that I was doing to cope at the beginning. And some things are working and some things aren't. There are some things that I just can't loosen the reins on. And mm. there are some things where I actually need to tighten the reins up, like this, for instance, which is having my little survival kit in, in the car or wherever I'm at so that I can just get my shit together if I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and cry when I need to and you know it's just such a weird thing now where it's I'm so used to this way of life I'm so used to this situation I'm in it feels like the situation I've always been in and then there are moments where I'm just like what the fuck is going on and what's happened and You know, when I was packing up in the house the other day in LA, I looked around and I was looking for one of Ryan's guitars and I, in my head, I said, oh, where's my husband's guitar? And then I said it again and I said out loud, I'm like, my husband's guitar. And then I was like, I don't have a husband. My husband is dead. And that was really, again, a moment that's just like, I had to steady myself because Ryan is still my husband. Just because he's dead, we didn't decide to get unmarried. He's very much my husband in my head. And and then I'm like, my husband's dead. It It's really... And I know, you know, I haven't had any denial or anything. You know I haven't from the beginning. I've been very clear about the situation that I'm in. Yeah. But you do still have these moments, even if you're really clear about the situation that you're in, where it's like, I was like, Ryan was here and now he's gone. Ryan was my husband and now he's dead and I don't have a husband anymore. And you kind of have to, it's not that I can't believe it, even though that's the words that go through my head is, I can't believe it, I can't believe it. And even as I'm saying them, I know that they're wrong. Mm. It's, I don't want to believe it. I know it's true. I, of course I can believe it. I'm very, very aware of, of the truth of my situation. It's just hard. It's just hard to, you know, I was looking at his, the pictures of us from our engagement that I have next to his ashes and... I was just looking at his little glasses and I just thought Ryan was here and now he's gone and it's it made me feel a bit mad it made me feel a bit crazy because I'm like yes you know this Annabelle you know this this is your reality this is why you're moving house this is why he's in a fucking box on your countertop he's dead but you keep having to you just have moments where you tell yourself yeah where you're just like wait it becomes so normal to be in the situation that I'm in, that I have moments where I feel um, like, whoa, this is so normal, it feels wrong. Like, whatever the opposite of deja vu is, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, where something that is so normal to you feels all of a sudden completely foreign. Um, It's just... It's just such a weird part of grief where you 
are still kind of like grappling with this new way of life and this thing that's happened and that your person is dead but also you're well aware of that because it's your every waking moment you know every I think about Ryan constantly it's all about that it's either you're trying to recover and heal which is about that or you're having to deal with business or you are out in a social situation like at that baby shower it all revolves around Ryan dying right now yeah and even all this time on and I guess I just in my head I'm just like it's gonna be like this for a while like it's gonna be this for a while and I think as you sail through the different phases you kind of get comfortable in each phase and you're like okay maybe this is it yeah. Maybe this is it. Maybe that, and then something comes along to remind you, like, oh, honey, no, this journey is far from over, and it's a big jolt. And it feels the only way I can describe it is like the biggest man you can imagine in the world comes, bodies like fucking body checks you, and you have to. It, it takes your breath away. It's a lump in your throat. You feel dizzy. Like it's a physical experience. And it's no longer that feeling 24 hours a day. It's just you'll be minding your business and then bam. Um, So I'm just now learning again. Uh, I now have to learn again a new way, again, to take care of myself, basically. I... Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to figure that out. And it's been such a heavy couple of weeks because I have been feeling like, fresh grief uh because it's coming through in a different way if that makes sense yeah yeah and I guess I just wasn't expecting that I was expecting to live with my grief as it was and Mm. for it to become this like dusty object that I know I see what you're saying right instead this fucking thing is like mutated and more well it's it's shape-shifting yeah it's a shapeshifter and we're not prepared for that. We constantly, our brain is trying to control things and put things in a box so that it can make sense of it. That's all our brain tries to do yeah. from the minute we wake up. And you've, been tr- you've done that, what you thought was yeah. good, good enough and it's not gonna stay. It's, it's like, you know, trying to grab a cloud. It mm. slips through and it, 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 you can't, you can't hang on to it. It's going to shapeshift from moment to moment. My whole thing has been I need to face it head on because I don't want to be one of those people that in two years from now is like a fucking mental breakdown because they haven't processed their grief. Like me. So <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's been my whole kind of method. And I was reading this book, which I love, which I told you about, the Hot Young Widows Club. Yeah. And there was a bit at the beginning where she was talking about like scheduling and you know it's practical tips like you know I feel like I'm losing my mind as a chapter and uh Mm. show up and all of these things um and she was like talking about how in three four five years she still has those she still has spells of absolutely horrendous grief 
And I read that and I was just like, for fuck. Oof, say a long road. It's like five years? I'm gonna feel like this for five years. And obviously you don't feel that that initial grief of five years and it continues to morph but I think when I read that I was just like oh my god like this shit's gonna be morphing not just five years for the rest of my life yeah it set your life on a whole new trajectory that will never be (sighs) free of this I mean you will go on to fall in love again and and marry again and have all the happiness in the world. You really will. But this changed you forever. They say that it's like you carry a brick in your pocket for the rest of your life. And no matter what you go on to do, you can feel the weight of it. No, I just can't accept that. I can't accept that. And I just, I'm not living with a brick in my pocket. Like, I'm just not. And I need to find somewhere for the brick to go in my life that isn't my yeah. pocket. Because, yeah. like, yesterday or the day before yesterday, I was trying to take this bracelet off. And I couldn't take it off. And I freaked out. Mm. And I knew that it wasn't about the bracelet. I knew that it's because I just couldn't get this thing off me. And I was just like, Gah! get off me. And it's not the fucking bracelet. It's my situation. It's the grief. Yeah. It's all of it. Um, but if I could just whittle the brick down maybe to like Yeah, that's what happens. Exactly. Yeah, it becomes lighter and lighter. Absolutely. And I, uh, just, I just need to remember that in those moments where I just feel like I cannot do this for... for because as soon as I start thinking about that, I'm just like, well, I'm not, I'm, just, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. This is not a road I want to be on. But speaking yeah. of grief, you are going to New York. You are gonna go and clear out your grandpa's apartment, uh, and who passed away around the same time as Ryan and Max. Um, Yeah, I've talked about it on the podcast, being with him for the last week of his life, and now we are clearing out his apartment for it to be sold, and Will and I are going in two days to go. So that's going to be very healing for me. The last time I said goodbye to him was in the hospital, and he waited for me to leave and then died, Mm -hmm. which is amazing when people do that. And this will be the first time setting foot back in his apartment, which I was a big part of making sure he was safe there with caregivers for the last couple years. And he left me some really special things, and I'm going to go make sure I get those and have a chance to look through his things and say goodbye. So I'm really looking forward to it. Good. Have you done that with somebody before? No. Okay. I haven't. Have you? Yeah. With your father, yeah, of yeah. course. So you just just be so gentle with yourself, you know. Yeah, it's there'll be really nice moments and there'll be really hard moments, and and just pace yourself and take it all in. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I will say that I regretted with my dad, and I've been really careful with Ryan not to do the same, is if I'm not sure about 
should I keep this or not? Just keep it because there are so mm. many things with my dad that I that we all regret getting rid of because we had to like rush and whatever. And it's like just get a storage unit for a year while you figure it out. It's not. It's not worth the regret afterwards and the yeah. wondering of like where is that thing and who has it and all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it slow and when in doubt, keep it. <laughs> when in doubt, do now. When in doubt, do now. Exactly. And I'm so glad Will is going with you. That's really, really good. Me too. It's going to be a big emotional support. And we'll have some fun while we're there, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, like, any plans while you're... We're probably just going to do a lot of walking in Central Park since he's not vaccinated and everybody's requiring vaccinations now to even eat in a restaurant. So Mm -hmm. I think there will be a lot of nice picnics in the park. Good. Are you allowed to get takeout from the restaurant or are uh, people not allowed to do that? I don't know. We'll see if they let the dirty non-vaxxers get takeout. Yeah, let's just see if they let you privileged fucking piece of shit get your takeout or not. I know. You don't deserve takeout, you (laughs) nasty murderers. (laughs) Um, I think you'll have a really nice time. Luckily, it's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And literally just going and sitting in the train station is like pure entertainment. So happy in New York all the time. I really need it right now. I've had a very stressful couple weeks here in Los Angeles. And just ready to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah, bitch. Get it. How long are you going for? Uh, Just the weekend till early next week. I've got my next pitch meeting for my TV show on Tuesday. Nice. So I've got a lot of work to come back to, but I'm going to go romp in Central Park for the weekend. Good. As always, want to encourage people to take really good care of themselves and put themselves in a safe space and with them I'm not saying like use a safe space (laughs) like I'm saying like like I'm not saying I'm not saying safe space in that way I'm saying safe spaces and like you are the safe space and you need to give yourself the opportunity to provide yourself with the things that you need to love yourself as if you were taking care of a child back to the inner child you know yeah, making yourself the priority. That's my takeaway. Yeah. Whether you're grieving or not, always yeah. creating the space within you mm-hmm. to be the priority in your life. And that doesn't mean be selfish. It doesn't mean be an asshole. It doesn't mean tread on others. It's not, it's not the message. The message is provide yourself the space and the outlet and the tools to make your health and well-being number one number one to you it's nobody else's responsibility and it's nobody else's problem no one at the baby shower cares (laughs) you know they're there for a baby i'm so it's up to me to excuse myself and handle my my biz yeah Yeah. um so get yourself a a bigger purse girl (laughs) (laughs) oh you know what i'm gonna use hold on just one second oh what are you gonna use for your new self-care this came in the post. Oh, our new tote. Perfect. Isn't it just? So actually, since I don't have big purses, I think I probably will have to use this. Still here with a cheeky... Is that? Are those your teeth on the front yeah, of it? Yeah, that's my mouth smiling. Oh, where's my but, mouth? I don't know, where's your mouth been, bitch? 
You've got the phone case with your eyes, you dingbat. Oh, yeah, I have the phone case with my eyes. You are so fucking out of what it, What does bitch. that one say? Get your pussy on straight? Listen, yeah. I'm out of it because I can't lift my arm and I'm in severe pain because of this <laughs> vaccine. You just don't know. I don't. We started building my shed. Nice. Yeah, the ground's been leveled. The boulders have been moved. It's all getting prepared. The ground's getting prepared for the shed to be built. That's so exciting. I, I need to find to another name for it than the shed. Well, why? Maybe I like the shed. I just don't like Maybe she like shed. The shed. Shit. Maybe it'll be your sanctuary. A fuck your, shack. Uh, your fuck shack. <laughs> Everybody keep your fingers crossed for the fuck shack. <laughs> We need your help. What should we name Annabelle Shed? <gasps> Instagram poll. Yeah. All right, babe. Well, have a great trip. All right. I'll uh, see you on the other side. Love you. Love you. Love you.